Hey, before we jump into the episode, I just wanted to let you know that our course and coaching program called Youth Ministry Growth Accelerator now offers a three-month and six-month payment plan, which makes enrolling easier than ever. Just head over to growyouryouthministry.com and sign up today. And as an added bonus, if you join by Friday, May 17th, we're offering a free student leadership launch workshop, which will help you build and launch your student leadership team from the ground up. I can't wait to see you in the program so we can start accelerating the growth of your youth ministry today. All right, let's get into the episode. Today, we're taking you step-by-step of how to write an effective talk sheet for your small group time. Welcome to the Ministry Coach Podcast. This podcast is the coach for the coachless in youth ministry. My name is Jeff Lascola. This is Kristen Lascola. We thank you guys so much for watching and listening. Make sure you subscribe here on YouTube or on our podcast channel as well. So today we're actually piggybacking off of what we talked about. I think it was two weeks ago in regards to small groups. A lot of people reached out and said they really wanted to talk more about small group info. So what do you have for them today? Yeah, well, we got a few comments on our YouTube channel and I had kind of in passing mentioned, maybe we'll do an episode on how to write a talk sheet. And they're like, yes, yes, we want that. (laughs) And so we're going to do it. So this is how to write a talk sheet. I know sometimes you buy curriculum or you can go online and you can get a discussion starter. I don't know. Maybe not everyone calls them talk sheets. That's what I call them. Discussion sheets, whatever, leader guide something to use as the small group guide in your small group time at your midweek program. So we're going to talk about how to write one. So maybe you get one with a particular curriculum you bought or you find one online, but it's just not quite right. It could serve as a great jumping off point, or you could write it from scratch very easily. And that's what I've done for years (laughs) and years and years. And in fact, I'm going to actually not just give you like theoretical tools today, but I'm going to give you a practical tool. We're going to pick a verse and we're going to write a talk sheet together live. (laughs) We're going to do it right here and you're going to see how to ask questions and all of that. So before we get started, no matter what you're talking about in your small groups that night, start with the end in mind. Mm -hmm. So you know what you're going to talk about on Tuesday night. So for this example, We're going to use, normally in a real talk sheet, I would use like multiple passages, but just for the sake of example and simplicity, especially for those of you that are listening on your commute or drive, I don't want to overcomplicate things. So let's just say we're talking all about John 14, 6, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. That is going to be our message. You're going to get up. You're going to do your intro. You're going to talk about this. And then you're going to send them off into small groups where they're going to have a perfectly paired talk sheet for what you just talked about on stage before you sent them to small groups. So when you're sitting down, you're going to think, what do I want students to walk away with at the end of the night? What is that one big major truth? Well, for this example, what I would want students to walk away with from that particular passage is that Jesus is the only way to God. Jesus is the truth and that the word the is significant. 
is that there's one way and that we need to respond based on Jesus's claims. So that's what I want students to walk away with from John 14, 6. Now that I know where I want them to end, I'm going to reverse engineer that and write a talk sheet so that the discussion leads them to those particular conclusions. Because keep in mind, they've already heard your sermon. Be very careful to train your leaders that small group time is now not time for another (laughs) sermon. They've heard the sermon. What the learning process needs at this point is interaction, discussion, questions, logical ends. And you have to facilitate that through your small groups because people don't hear, don't learn simply through monologue. I think teaching from the stage is valuable Mm -hmm. as long as we keep it pretty short, get one main point and get it done and then have them interact with what you just talked about. So really train your leaders. Like this isn't time for you to reiterate what we've already said on stage. What do you say to those leaders who want to give the sermon 2.0, you know, that just like that, that's just in them. That's their DNA that like, right. they, here's their time. And you know, that's a leader that you might want to have come give a message. Yeah, like, ha- take under your wing and maybe teach how to give a message yeah. and let them do a short Devo. And maybe they need to uh, scratch that itch a little right. bit and you can find a safe time for them to do that. Maybe it's not Sunday morning, 35 minute sermon, but maybe it's a midweek shorter mm-hmm. thing or a pre-filmed thing. And then just reiterate to them like, Hey, I, I could tell you have a teaching <laughs> gift. Like I'd love to help you explore that more. I can tell you got the gift for gab. Right. And, but small groups, we really don't want to interrupt the learning process. So students really have got to come to these conclusions on their own through mm. answering questions. So the best small group leaders are really, really good asking, asking questions. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Question askers, asking questions. Um, and so teaching them the art of asking really good questions with your small group thing as a guide. So we have the end in mind. I told you guys what that was. And now you're going to write a talk sheet in three sections to help them get to that. Okay. Let's talk about the first section. The first section, I just simply call it opening up. Okay. You can call it whatever you want. Uh, you all know I'm not great with like labeling things. <laughs> all of my names for things are stupid, but opening up, here's what this section needs to accomplish. Very low risk answers, generalizations, and just thinking about the surface of the topic. It's supposed to get conversation going. It can kind of be in a fun or creative way. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point is you get people talking about it but not in any kind of vulnerability or vulnerable way. So for example, well, make sure you you don't leave it yes or no though. That's like talk sheet writing 101. Never ask a yes or no question because we know how that goes. Mm-hmm. Like conversation's over. Right. It's, it's a squasher, right? So leave them open-ended. For example, in our John 14, 6, you know, theme, we would say, hey, question number one could be, what do you know? What's something you know to be a hundred percent true and like, let all the kids share. And then, you know, someone will say something funny and it gets the conversation going. And then you go a little further and say, well, what is the definition of truth and see what they come up with? See what they have to say about that. You might want to go a little bit further and say, well, if something is true for you, does that mean it's true for everyone? Well, what's the difference between truth and an opinion or truth and 
and a feeling. Come to think of it, do you guys know the difference between objective and subjective truth? Well, if you don't, let me tell you. And let's try to think of some examples of objective versus subjective truth. And I think you guys know where I'm going with this. So that kind of would conclude the opening up portion. Now they've talked about truth. They understand that there is some truths that are true for everyone and opinions are different Mm -hmm. because that's going to lead perfectly into section two, which is what I call section two. (laughs) Not that bad. Okay. Getting into the word. All right. So this is when they're actually going to read the scripture. So encourage them to bring their Bible. If they don't have a place where they can look it up, most of them will do it on their phone, but we some or say they'll do it on their phone. Yeah, because we want students to actually have their eyes on scripture. So instead of you just reading it for the group, have them flip there. You, you know, and I know kids don't know where any of these books are in the Bible. <laughs> you know, maybe you're homeschooled stellar gold star students, but a lot of the kids <laughs> flip, flip, flip. And I say, guys, the only way you're going to figure it out is if you just practice. And this is the best time practice. Like I'll help you. We'll take our time. So we're going to look up John 14, six. All right. So now this is where the guided questions are starting to get a little closer to that conclusion we talked about in the beginning. And in fact, one thing you can do is that objective that you have predetermined. You could even put that on the top of your talk sheet just as a note to your leaders. These talk sheets aren't for students. I hope that was clear. Like I email this to the leaders, but the students never see it. Okay. So you can put like little hints in there for the leaders in parentheses, like, Hey, what's the difference between objective and subjective truth? Maybe you tell the leaders just because in case they don't you know. want to make sure they <laughs> nail it, you know, and you don't want to leave them in small group without a paddle. One's about an object and one's about a subject. Moving on. <laughs> and so you can put little things that are really important where you want to make sure like, don't mess this part up, right. put it in parentheses, put the object of the whole lesson in parentheses at the top. And so John 14, six, some questions that would come straight after this. What claims does Jesus make? Why, what are the impact of these claims, especially the last one? We want them to focus on no one comes to the Father except through me, right? What's the significance of Jesus using the word the, not a, three times? Who is he talking to? How does this impact our understanding of truth on a global level? How does this impact our understanding of truth on a personal level. And so now you're getting them to dialogue. Now, if this were a real talk sheet, I would probably add a couple more supporting verses where Jesus maybe claims his divinity in another instance or shows a reaction to the claim of Jesus divinity, or maybe Jesus asking the disciples, who do you say that I am? Mm -hmm. And then bringing that to the conclusion because section three closing out. (laughs) Wait for it. Um, This is where it becomes personal. So now you've heard the information, you've interacted with the information, you've read the verses, you've asked the questions, answered the questions, but what does it all matter if it doesn't matter to you? Mm -hmm. And so this is the point in the small group where we hopefully take a turn to making it now more personal. No longer can you answer generalizations or scratching the surface, but now like every time we have an interaction with Jesus, we have to be challenged 
personally. And we have to get students in the habit of like, okay, Jesus is talking. He's talking to you. Mm -hmm. So what are you going to do with this? We can't just leave this. Well, now we know more. Right. It's like, well, you, it, the whole point is to be doers of the word, not hearers of the word. So let's make it personal. And hopefully by this point, they're ready to make it a little more personal. So what I would do here is I probably would put the verse where Jesus says, who do you say that I am? I would have them read that and then um, ask questions like, how was your thinking challenged by what we talked about today? Is the truth that Jesus proclaims something that you can remain neutral about? Have you done anything with this truth in your life? What is the correct response to this truth? And so a couple of tips you might want to give your leaders is number one, to not be afraid of silence. I'm a silence filler. I always <laughs> feel this burden of like, you want me to say something, don't you? Like, I feel like the other person like wants me to, or is waiting for me to. So I feel like I have to, <laughs> but remind your leaders, sometimes people are thinking and processing. Yeah. And if you like jump in too quick, you could maybe derail something cool. Somebody was going to say, so just give it a few seconds. We've already talked about another tip. Don't give another sermon. I think we've made that clear, but another one that you might want to give them to is there could potentially be rabbit trails that students want to go down. And I always say, follow them if, if they're, they're worth good. pursuing. Yeah. Right. So if they start talking about something totally irrelevant, right. off topic, not even biblical, but it's just interesting. Sometimes we'll be talking about something and a student will ask a question and then you just see this feeding frenzy and all yeah. the other students are like, yeah, yeah. I've always wondered. And how does this happen? And you might need to, instead of going, no, 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 we're talking <laughs> about this guys focus. Like, I always say to my small group leaders, here is my goal for you, that you had really good conversation about the Bible, about Jesus, whatever. It doesn't have to follow the talk sheet. I am giving this to you as a guide to hopefully spark something really meaningful and good. Mm -hmm. If the Holy Spirit is prompting a student to ask a question and we shut it down because we've got another verse to read, I'm not a fan of... Like we've got to get through it. I've had leaders in the past. I'll be like, how'd your small group go tonight? And they'll be like, I barely got, I only got through two questions on my talk sheet. And they like take that as a failure or right. something. And I'm like, Hey, as long as you had, if they were just being bad and you couldn't get their attention, <laughs> like, yeah, fail, but not failure for the small group leader. Just that was a failed night, you know? Well, maybe unless they had bad, <laughs> you know, crowd control, but it's more like, hey, it's not a failure to not get through the talk sheet. It's a failure not to have great conversation. Mm -hmm. So take them where they want to go. It's amazing like when what really is on students' hearts. Mm -hmm. Like train your leaders to know when a rabbit trail is worth following and when it's not. But as the youth pastor, do your due diligence to give them really quality material to be able to lead a small group and give them lots of prompts and hints and questions and make sure, and I've said this before, you give it to them ahead of time so that they do have time to prepare. Sometimes if you're too, you can overshoot this a little bit and want, like I've done these talk sheets that are intense. Like there's so many cross references and stories <laughs> and verses and all these uh, like activities. And I've seen that in some 
curriculum that you buy, like, okay, give everyone a piece of paper and this and that. It's like the half hour goes by so yeah. fast and you always want to leave room for prayer prayer requests. I feel like I'm a speech impediment when I say prayer requests. Leave time for prayer requests at the end because yeah. that could be a great time to share. And on the front end, I like to give a little time. Okay, quick, tell me the high and low of your week this week because they all need to kind of get their like juices going, you mm. know? And so just a couple of tips to help it hopefully be a meaningful time and um, getting them there on time. So they have the full half hour, 45 minutes, whatever you end up doing. So, and you always pad your sections, opening up, getting into the word and closing out. <gasps> Such a good memory. Jeff. Well, I was a volunteer for like seven years, but, um, you always give a lot <laughs> Those of names have not changed. <laughs> <laughs> so, you I think I used give... to call it digging, digging into the word, but now it's getting into the oh, word, okay. you know, less cheesy. <laughs> Is it? So <laughs> you always give a lot of questions. And I remember when I first was volunteering, I was one of those. I'm like, we did not get past like the first few. And then you're like, well, just go off of pick some. Yeah. And I think this is an important part of when you have small group leaders that are consistently with the same group of kids. And I don't know if anybody ever does where they mix and match like each week you're getting with a different small group oh, leader. But yeah, it would be wise to always have them be with the same person because you build that rapport and you can kind of look through those questions and say this one. Absolutely not for my boys or my girls, but this one, yeah, they would really, I think, respond well to that. Right. And I and, would say pick like one question from each section, right? right? Is that what you were going to say? So, yeah. Or just, or even a couple, if you think you can get through it, you know, in, in that amount of time. Yeah. But just kind of knowing what your kids are like. And then it's also a good way if you have those extra questions, because if you are in a group that maybe is, well, smaller or larger, but if they're just full of those kids that just don't talk, mm -hmm. you just have those silent kids, then maybe having some more questions is a good yeah. thing because you might be like, wow, we zipped through that in five minutes because no one exactly. was really that open and to so share. And so I always try to give them more than they need. And so I always have to be super clear. I'm not expecting you to get through right. all of this. My gosh, if you have a talkative group, you could spend your whole night on like one right. great question because everyone I has something like to say. feel like more often than not, it was having to rein them back in more right. than keep on giving them more and more, which but, is great. They right. like to participate. They like to talk. This is just another example of our episode last week of why small groups are so important. Mm -hmm. People are hungry to talk. Let's have them talk about the Bible, yeah. you know? And so training your small group leaders in the art of question asking and keeping people on track. I mean, it's not a no brainer. It does take some skill. Right. So especially if you work with middle schoolers. <laughs> Real rough. Well, we hope you guys got a lot of value out of that. Also, what do you guys call your small groups? Is it small groups? Is it life groups? So I heard someone say cell groups, which is something that I've never heard before. But I think I heard cell groups before. Really? And then I saw someone in the comments say that recently. Yeah. But before that, I've heard it. So what, put in the comments what you guys call them. And then also put in the comments your answer for the question of the day, which is what is an award or a prize or a contest or event or something that you won that was kind of random? I probably have a lot that I could think of, but... Because <laughs> I've won so many awards. <laughs> yeah. One time I was listening to a Christian radio station and 
they were giving away like tickets to like a screening of some movie. I didn't even know what it was, but I was like, I'll call. And I did. And you had to be like caller two, I think. <laughs> two hours later, they finally got that second call. It was you calling in a second time. <laughs> You're not wrong. So I called and they were like, oh, we're sorry. You're caller number one. Oh, my God. And I was like. Whoa, how does that ever happen? I'm the first caller. So I hung up and I called back and I won because I was You've never told me this. I was caller number two and I won the tickets, but I never got them. I, I mean, not because they didn't send them to me. I just decided, nah, I just wanted to win. I don't want those wow. tickets. You don't remember what it was for, though? It was like some Christian movie. I don't even remember what it was. Yeah. I just that's, decided. That's like, most Christian movies. I'm like, like meh. <laughs> Bad acting, cheesy plot. Yeah. So, okay. Well, mine is eighth grade. I wrote this poem called Growing Up in California. <laughs> it was an assignment. And we had to do it. And to be quite honest, I didn't take it that seriously. <laughs> and a couple months later, or felt like a long time later, my English teacher said, I have really good news. <laughs> All your stuff. or whatever. I, I, Maybe she explained that these were being submitted somewhere. <laughs> but I just like, whatever. She's like, one of you guys has won the California blah, 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 whatever. So I won the growing up in California <laughs> Poetry contest. It'd be really nice if you could read us your poem. I have it somewhere. It's probably framed. Uh, but yeah, Nothing I won- rhymes with California, so I don't know what that <laughs> poem could possibly say. Nothing rhymes with California. No, that was it. Um, no, so I, I won $100. Wow. Yeah. And I was I really wanted to tell my teacher, like, I, maybe somebody else win this. I really didn't know what I was doing. So we both didn't care. <laughs> I cared about the money, and I got published in something. I think I have that somewhere in the in the depths of the garage archives. But wow! It was it was probably the most random thing I've ever won. Well, good for you. Good for you. All right, this is the point of the show where we like to highlight one of you, and I don't know if we want to call it community corner, community spotlight. I think I like community spotlight. That's kind of cool. Yeah, or is community it corny- corny- <laughs> corny <Yeah>. community. <laughs> You can't it's even say it. It's about as cheesy as digging in. Yeah, the maybe community. Maybe you guys have a better suggestion for what we should call this section. But time to read a review. We just yeah, we just wanted to be able to read a review from one of you, whether on our YouTube I have a channel. Good one. Shoot. Well, you can do it next week. Okay. Or our YouTube channel, or on our uh, podcast. I got so. a really good DM on my Instagram. Oh, okay. I want to read that next time. Okay. I have one for this week. <laughs> I tried really hard. I even put phonetically how yeah, I believe the name. Yeah, looks like you name. wrote that in crayon. Well, have you ever used the, when nope. you use your finger to write on your phone? I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like you wrote it in crayon. So this is on our YouTube channel. This is from Christian Vashulek, and I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Vashulek. I don't think so. Oh. But please... Write in the comments how you pronounce your last name, Christian. He writes, thank you for sharing this. So very helpful. He's a new youth leader starting a new youth group, and this is pure gold. Woo! Well, we hope you're doing well in your new youth group. Congratulations. And congratulations on your Thanks new for your sweet, youth leadership sweet program. Comment. We appreciate that. 
For those of you guys who listen on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review there. I don't know if Spotify has allowed people to leave reviews yet. They're, I feel like they're trying to take over the podcasting world, and yet they're so far behind the times in certain Come things. Come on, you guys. We, Spotify, you, you're better than that. And then wherever else you guys listen, if you guys can leave a review there, we would love to, to see what you guys have to say or on our YouTube channel as well. We thank you guys so much for being here. We appreciate you so much. And, and we will we'll see, see you, you next time. time.